Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Matt Haller, and he is with the International Franchise Association. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Lee. Good to be with you. How's it going today? It is going great. I am so excited to be talking to you. For the folks who aren't familiar, can you tell us a little bit about the IFA? How are you serving, folks? Yeah, so IFA is a trade association. We're based in Washington, D.C. We've been around for 65 years, and franchising you know, was getting off the ground uh, when IFA, you know, became an entity and we were created by some of the sort of godfathers of franchising as a way to create uh, a regulatory infrastructure that made sense so that, you know, brands at that time, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, uh, Midas, you know, could could grow using the franchise business model uh, and, and do so the right way. And then to teach, you know, new concepts as the business model was just coming into its infancy how to do franchising the right way. So that, you know, occurs through advocacy. It occurs through uh, education and it occurs through networking and relationships through events and programming that IFA puts on. So we've been doing this for 65 years. We have 1100 brands who are members of our organization, you know, everybody from the largest, you know, franchise systems in the, on the globe to somebody that's just got a new concept and wants to figure out how to become the next big thing and everybody in between. We also have uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, individual owners who are members of the IFA uh, in every community around the country and around the globe. And then around 600 supplier member companies that serve franchising in areas of from technology to marketing to law uh, and, and, and elsewhere. So that's who we are and what we do. And, you know, we're here to make franchising um, good as it evolves and, and help our members, you know, solve challenges. Now, you mentioned that the your organization serves the entire ecosystem in and around franchising, not just the franchisors, but also the franchisees and the suppliers. Um, what do you do to kind of help each of those constituents? Because while they're all complementary, they each have their own kind of needs and desires. Yeah, it's it's a unique challenge. But, you know, franchising only works when you have all three legs of the stool, as I like to say, um, going in the same direction. Uh, so for franchisors, you know, it depends on the size of the system. So if you're a smaller emerging franchisor, you want to learn, you know, about how to grow, um, how to, you know, make the right choices about which franchisees to bring into your system. Uh, so we do that through, you know, mentorship. We do that through uh, a program that we have called uh, Certified Franchise Executive Program. It's, our, uh, it's, it's a training program that teaches people about franchising. Um, for a founder or, you know, a, a small company with building out an executive team. Um, you know, we do it through events. So we had an, an emerging franchise or conference that wrapped up uh, in New Orleans, about 200 people um, attending and you know, networking and learning um, different areas of, of developing a franchise system. So that's kind of on the small side of the franchise or universe. On the big side, you know, the large systems, you know, they mostly are with us for advocacy. Uh, you know, they're established. Uh, they, they, by and large, know uh, how to do franchising, how to do it the right way. And, you know, they want us to protect the business model, uh, a bit of promotion of the business model too. 
there in terms of educating the public and stakeholders about why franchising is a force for good. Um, you know, and everybody is kind of coming to IFA also to think about, um, you know, industry trends, um, you know, how they're benchmarking your franchise or system against others uh, in, in your, your category, either your uh, the sector that you're in or by system size, as well as, you know, just broader economic trends and how they apply to franchising, whether it's challenges in the supply chain right now, challenges with, uh, with the labor um, labor force recruitment and, you know, filling, uh, filling jobs at, at, at franchisee locations or at the franchisor side. So that's, that's a bit of a sketch on the franchisor side for suppliers. I mean, at the end of the day, we're here to help, you know, <laughs> suppliers connect with brands uh, and franchisees as potential clients. And, you know, many suppliers are also, you know, experts have been on the franchise or the franchisee side. So we want to elevate those who, you know, really know and understand franchising in various ways of thought leadership. So through publications that we produce or through speaking at IFA events or hosting webinars, um, white papers, things like that. Um, and then for franchisees, you know, our value proposition is, um, is, is a couple fold uh, for larger, more sophisticated multi-unit franchisees, you know, who are interested in, in continuing to diversify you know, it's, it's a networking and, you know, deal-making opportunity. You know, you're learning and making contacts with executives and franchise systems. And, you know, that can be valuable as they think about adding new franchisees to their system. Um, you know, a lot of it is also on advocacy, getting franchisees telling their stories to policymakers. And, you know, as the individuals who are really, you know, in, in the crosshairs with, with government in a, in a lot of ways, operating at the local level. And, and also as, as speakers um, and thought leaders around um, and with our events. So, you know, we always try to put a franchisee perspective on uh, everything that we're doing uh, because our mission is to protect, promote, and enhance franchising, not just franchisors, not just franchisees. It's the business model. So a bit of a thumbnail sketch. Now, um, how has, in the years that you've been with the organization and been involved in franchising, how have you kind of seen the industry evolve. Um, you mentioned like, you know, at the beginning, there was a handful of pretty large players today, and at least in today's lens, but maybe at the time they weren't as large. But um, how has kind of the franchise um, business changed over the years? Well, I think the different types of businesses that are using the business model just continues to, to, to amaze me. I've been with the organization 10 years and you, know, you come into franchising, you think about franchising as, you know, restaurants, maybe hotels, um, maybe a little bit of retail, but, you know, the diversification of concepts and sectors that are using franchising as a growth strategy continues to amaze me. Uh, one of the newer trends uh, is, is the, the use of platform companies and providing shared services to multiple brands and also the increased involvement of private equity in, in the franchise sector and the impact that can have um, in, in many ways as a force for good. Uh, but again, only if, uh, if the, you know, as a new leg of the stool, so to speak, understands, you know, how to do franchising, you know, the right way uh, without, you know, taking too many costs um, out of the system to provide that infrastructure and that support for, you know, the brand and the franchisees so that everybody can fulfill their promise. Um, through the franchise relationship. Now, I've been doing this show for maybe a couple years now, and I've seen 
something that I'm calling like the professional franchisee where they're kind of building a portfolio of brands that are complementary to one group. Um, and uh, are you seeing that as kind of a way that uh, is spurring growth for franchises? I am. And you know, I touched on that a little bit in terms of the multi-unit, multi-concept owner in our franchisee membership base. And, uh, you know, we're seeing it both in, in people who are, or, or, you know, sometimes groups of individuals that are putting together a fund uh, and owning multiple, you know, locations or brands, sometimes operated within the same um, portfolio company. And then other times where they are, you know, going outside that industry. Uh, so, you know, maybe you have all restaurants in, in one model, but others are looking at, you know, non-food retail and service uh, as, as other ways to diversify. But at the end of the day, you understand, you know, what, what drives a good franchise system and it's, you know, good unit economics at the franchisee level and, you know, good, you know, steady growth at the, at the franchisor level with the right leadership team providing that, that infrastructure and, you know, not something that's overly kind of, uh, you know, a, a, a passing moment kind of into a trend. So I think that's where we see a lot of really more sophisticated operators and investors coming into the franchise e side. Now, so that is, uh, that's a trend that you're seeing as well, whereas maybe at the beginning of the growth of franchising, it was that individual who's like, I want to have this kind of a place in my town. And now it's more sophisticated groups of people yeah, that are, I mean, I wouldn't, yes, we are definitely seeing more of the more, more larger, more sophisticated, more well-capitalized franchisees. I don't, I don't, it's not a, it's not a rule. It's not across every brand. Some brands, you know, are still very focused on, you know, onesie twosies and, you know, that can work for certain concepts. Um, but I think on balance, we're seeing a greater trend towards consolidation at both the brand uh, franchisor side as well as the uh, franchisee side. Now, when that kind of level of sophistication enters into an industry like this, this is where I would think then it, uh, the value of the advocacy and the um, government relations of what your work is becomes that much more important. How has that impacted your work on that side? Yeah, it's certainly the more sophisticated a franchisee, the more they care about the work that we do to protect franchising uh, on Capitol Hill or in states or city halls. So it, it impacts it, but I will, it, there's a, there's a, there's a negative component to it as well, which creates a challenge because you've got this perception that, you know, has been real and is, you know, somewhat eroding over time that, you know, franchising is this, you know, individual mom and pop person in a community. And, um, you know, that's not always the case. It is the case in many cases still, but it, as I said before, franchising is not just small business. It's small, medium, and large businesses, uh, you know, all, I think, doing good things for the economy and for, you know, in most cases, the workforce, but it is not, you can't paint it franchising with one broad brush, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But the, the, but also it's inclusive and there is a place for everybody. Correct. That is correct. It's still, you know, at the end of the day, a way for somebody 
who isn't going to develop a new concept or start their own, you know, Lee's coffee shop gives them a pathway to build wealth um, and start a business. Uh, you know, we like to say you go into business for yourself, but not by yourself in franchising. And if, if that's something that you want to do at any stage in your career from any walk of life, franchising, you know, creates that opportunity. It's just a matter of finding the right concepts. That's the right fit with the right capitalization, the right growth strategy. Now, is there anything from a legislative standpoint that is kind of in your front burner right now? Yeah, there's a couple things that I think is worth flagging for, for the audience. Um, I mean, the number one threat to the franchise business model has been kind of this expansion of what's known as joint employer liability. And that's still out there. Um, it's, it's less of a legislative threat um, in terms of Capitol Hill uh, going in, in that direction. But on the regulatory side, uh, we do expect to see some changes uh, in 2022. Uh, in that area. And that will have an impact on, you know, the way franchisors and franchisees are able to interact. I think something that's been a little bit below this radar um, is a more activist federal trade commission. Uh, And the the new FTC chair has mentioned that the franchise sector is one of her top three priorities uh, for additional regulation. Um, We query whether this is, there's really something that she's trying to solve here, as well as if the FTC even has the authority to do what she seems uh, interested in doing, which is getting more at the franchise relationship, less at, you know, efforts to improve the sales and disclosure process, which we would actually be very supportive of. Um, And then at the state level uh, in California, which, you know, tends to be one of the more um, aggressive states in terms of uh, regulations on all types of businesses, uh, that that state is is going down the pathway uh, of pursuing a, a fairly aggressive um, franchise bill focused only on the restaurant sector that would create um, a, a wage board, effectively a wage and benefits board um, established by uh, the the governor's office. So it would effectively serve as a labor union um, for workers in any a quick service restaurant um, franchise with 30 or more locations nationwide. Um, and it would also uh, require brands who operate using a franchise model to be jointly liable for um, violations of labor law with uh, franchisees. So it's a pretty aggressive proposal, one that we stopped in 2021 in the California Assembly, but is coming back with uh, with a vengeance in 2022. Now, um from a membership standpoint, I know you serve all those constituents. Is this something that you're actively looking for members uh, in each of those constituents, or is it primarily focused on the franchise or franchisee? Um, you mentioned the three legs of the stool, but is this um, something that everybody that touches franchising should be a member of this? Because number one, you're doing all this work uh, with advocacy and legislation that's going to keep them in business. But also, this is where a lot of the connections and learning takes place. Yeah, both of the, both uh, are reasons why if you're in franchising and you're not an IFA member, uh, you know, I think that it's really something that you got to take a look at. Uh, we are actively recruiting. We have a whole sales and marketing team that's out, you know, promoting what we're doing. You're getting the benefit for it. But, you know, this is about supporting something that helps support your business model. And for a rather modest investment, uh, you know, the dividends pay off. You know, tremendously, not to mention it can also help you grow, whether you're a franchise or a franchisee or supplier, 
um, and establish new connections. So, you know, I really encourage people who aren't aware of IFA to check out our website and some of our work at franchise.org, uh, as well as think about attending our IFA convention, which is coming up uh, at the end of February in San Diego. We'll have over 4,000 people there uh, from all three categories uh, of our membership. We're about to announce a few of our keynote speakers next week, right before the holidays. We're excited about some of that uh, coming online and bringing the industry back together. And for first-time IFA members, uh, you actually get a free convention registration. So in effect, um, you know, it pays for itself uh, year one, but we are fairly confident that uh, once you drink the IFA Kool-Aid, you're going to be back for more uh, the year after that and uh, over the long term. Now, so it's a, it's a, go ahead, Lee. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. No, I was going to say, it's a, it's a great organization, one I've been a part of for 10 years, and you know, really does a lot of good um, for, uh, for the franchise sector. Now, a lot of our listeners are uh, thinking about franchising and um, thinking about, um, you know, going this path. So they're checking out a lot of the franchisors that we have as guests here. Uh, one of the things, one of the places to look for a franchise is your website, right? Like there, you have a listing of franchises on the website? We do. So any of our member brands can, um, can list their uh, franchise offering on the IFA website, and we have a, uh, a portal that uh, we funnel leads back to our franchise or members. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not a, a, a top, you know, reason why people come to IFA, but it is one of the things that we do on behalf of our members. There are lots of other uh, IFA members and others in the franchise community that have, you know, very active portals. Um, I think for us, what we're uh, more focused on is educating the public and prospective franchisees with good quality information about how to make uh, a healthy uh, decision in their you know, franchise journey. And, you know, we don't necessarily want everybody in franchising. You know, the last thing that a brand wants is, you know, somebody that doesn't understand, you know, all of the obligations that come with being a franchisee to get in the system. And so that due diligence process, we strongly believe that we're a good um, a, 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 a site that offers healthy and good information um, from an unbiased perspective about how to make, uh, you know, a good decision about is franchising right for me? And then, you know, if I cross that threshold, you know, what are some of the brands, certainly brands that are involved with the IFA um, are, you know, more well-established or working through our education and, and learning from the best about how to be good, uh, good franchisors. Right. I, I agree a hundred percent. Like if, if I'm considering buying a franchise, I would rather go to franchise.org and get my information from you before I go into one of these businesses who are in the business of selling me franchises. <laughs> like you're, you're kind of advocating for franchises, but you're kind of a trusted source for all kinds of information in and around it. So I'd rather start with you and then find the right path for me. But you have all the information I need. You talk about how to get funding. You talk about, um, you know, the the types of franchises that are out there, you know, even the basics of what is a franchise or, or what is exactly. an FDD. I mean, this is a great place to begin your journey. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between a .org and a .com, right? Like we're not a for-profit entity. We are, you know, a, a nonprofit organization that's advocating for, uh, for the franchise business model and, you know, can be a bit more of a, a white hat as people, you know, search out different uh, information about franchise opportunities and different brands. And, you know, we certainly believe strongly that if a brand's willing to make an investment in IFA as a, as a dues paying member, they're doing it because they want to do franchising the right way. 
And so finding brands that are affiliated with our organization, um, you know, I think helps a prospective franchisee, um, you know, identify those, those companies that are doing it um, in a, in a, in a, in a, at, at a, at a level above others that may not be involved in our organization. Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing your story today. One more time, the website. It's franchise.org. And you can check out our membership area. You can check out our events with our convention coming up in February and some of the work that we do to protect uh, franchising through government relations. All right. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.